as we go through the second half of the book of Galatians and see God's heart for your new life. Bless you. Bless you, my son. <laughs> That's fun. Well, we're going to start Reset, an invitation to transformation. Uh, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is inviting, more than inviting, he's pleading with us to reject our old ways. And let's just think about it, Scott. Our old ways of sin and and selfishness and, and evil at times. We we just we have a an old nature that's active in us. And Jesus in Galatians is inviting us reject that and instead accept his invitation to a transformed life. Okay? Enough of that. Been there, done that. Now daily I'm going to choose to enjoy the power and allow the Holy Spirit to live in my life, and we're going to live the way Jesus has designed us to live. You understand? That's the reset. I'm going to say no, I'm going to say yes to Jesus, and I'm going to choose to do it in His power, and I'm telling you, it's an amazing, awesome life. Okay? Uh, this morning, we're going to see that God's perfect timing was at work, even uh, in Galatians chapter 4. We're going to see that very clearly. When he sent Jesus to planet Earth to be born in a barn in Bethlehem. Why? To purchase us out of slavery to evil and sin and selfishness. It's that old way of life. Jesus came to Earth to buy us out of that. So we don't have to live that way any longer. Okay? Um, he sent the second person of the Trinity, God the Father did, and he sent him to planet Earth at the exact and the accurate time. Okay? The Apostle Paul wants to remind the churches in Galatia, the Apostle Paul is reminding the church at Walloon, hey, I know what I'm doing. My timing, my plan is always perfect and precise. Okay? It's accurate, it's exact, it's perfect, it's precise. And I don't know about you, but I suspect some of us, myself included, need to be reminding, hey, our God, the awesome creator of the universe, he knows what he's doing. He has a plan, a purpose, and he knows what he's doing in my personal life. The Lord Jesus knows what he's doing in our families, Henry, and he knows what he's doing in this church family. Is that not good news to know? You know, Lord, you know what you're doing. Yeah, you can clap. You go, wow, you actually have a plan and a purpose, and you're working it out exactly, accurately, precisely, perfectly in every way. So if you're able, would you stand with me? We're going to read out loud from uh, Galatians chapter 4. We're going to read uh, from God's inspired book the first seven verses of Galatians chapter 4. Would you read with me? Let's declare God's word out loud together. Here we go. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves 
until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it is with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Let's pray. Lord, uh, those words we just read are way over our heads. (laughs) They are so rich and deep. Uh, And we're going to need your help to understand exactly what they mean to us. Uh, Those words that you inspired Paul to write down, we just acknowledge they're life-changing. They're transforming words. And we're inviting you to come today and start that work of transformation. Lord, we don't want to live like we've always lived. Lord, we don't, we don't want to live in the old flesh like the rest of the world lives. Lord, we want to live in the power and the love and the grace of your Holy Spirit. So uh, help us to do that. But Lord, in order to do that, we're going to have to understand it. So would you help us to understand what you're saying today in your book? We invite your Holy Spirit, welcome you today in your church, because this is your church, Lord. Come, send your Spirit. We're ready to hear from you. We're ready to listen, enable us to understand it. But most importantly, Lord, would you help us to be able to put it into practice? Start living it out even this afternoon. And all the church family gathered at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, you can be seated. I begin with a passage that I usually use at cemeteries. So if you've been uh, at the cemetery when we're about to commit a body into the grave, this is the passage I typically uh, read Uh, just before we commit the body to the ground. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. For everything there's a season, a time for everything under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh time to grieve and a time to dance. Our God, even in death, is never late. Isn't that good? He's never early. He's never late. Our God is always on time. This is one of those foundational beliefs, 
facts, biblical, biblical foundations that we need to stand on and live in. Our God is never early. He's never late. He's always on time. Even in death, He controls time. He controls even the length of our lives. Here's what Job chapter 14 and verse 5 says. You have decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live, and we're not going to live a minute longer. And just let that soak in a minute. The Lord knows down to the minute how long your life will consist of. He knows what he's doing. He, he, he's got a plan. Psalm 139, verse 16. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. <laughs> Again, when it comes to timing, our God knows exactly how long we've been ordained to live here on planet Earth. Not going to get another minute. You're not going to get another day other than what the Lord already knows and has planned out for us. But we tend to think, Henry, you're sitting here in the front row, I'm going to pick on you a bit, okay? Yeah, it's either you or my wife, I, I'd rather pick on you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. We, we tend to think, well, I'm in charge of my life, don't we? I, I'm calling my own shots, I'm making my plans, I'm the boss of me. So that's what we think, and yet Proverbs 16.9 says this, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Okay? You can make plans, you can think you're in charge, you can think you're the boss of you, but the Lord determines every step we take. So it's like the Lord is saying, go ahead, make your plans for 2023, but I'm in charge of time, and I will determine where you go, okay? I'm ultimately in charge. You can make all the plans you want, but God knows what it's all about. He's got a plan, and we're going to follow his plan whether we know it or not. Jesus himself, when he walked here on planet Earth, lived in awareness of time and timing. Uh, in John 2 and verse 4, Jesus tells his mother, my time has not yet come. Do you remember that? Uh, in John 7 and verse 6, Jesus responding to his brothers tells them, my time has not yet come, but your time is already here. In Mark 1 and verse 15, Jesus tells us the time has come. The kingdom of heaven is near. Repent and believe the good news. He's focused on the time. John 17, 1, just before the cross, Jesus prays, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. Let, let me say one more time, our God is never late. He's never early. I sometimes say rarely, but the truth is, he's never early. Our God is always on time. Would you head back with me to Galatians chapter 4, where we stood and read just a few moments ago? 
Uh, Galatians 4 is written to help the Gentile, especially followers of Jesus. Uh, it wasn't written to one. There were several churches in the region of Galatia. Okay? So Paul writes to those churches that he founded about five years earlier, and now he writes to them and he's helping them understand, just want you to know, you're free from the rules, the regulations of the Old Testament law. False teachers had come into the churches around Galatia and they were attempting to get the Galatian believers to buy into the fact that yes, you need Jesus, yes, you need to believe what Jesus did for you on the cross, his shed blood, his atoning sacrifice, and resurrection from the dead. you got to believe that. Oh, and by the way, you also have to live according to the Old Testament law. You understand? So, yeah, believe in Jesus, but if you're going to be a godly Christian, you also have to add the Old Testament law to your beliefs. So Paul's writing now, and he's telling them, no, no Galatian church. First of all, it would be impossible to keep the Old Testament law. Uh, no one can do it, okay? So first of all, it's impossible to do so. And second, the whole reason Jesus Christ came to earth was to free us from the Old Testament law, which points out our sinfulness. You understand? You couldn't do it if you wanted to. And secondly, that's why Jesus came to earth, to set us free from being chained to rules and regulations and legalism. And so for some of you, you should just go, Amen. Amen. Back, back to Galatians 4, verse 1. Think of it this way. If a father dies, got an illustration here, leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than the slaves until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had, the inheritance is coming, but it's not theirs yet. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. Fathers could set an age at this age, you're going to receive your inheritance. It could be 13, it could be 18, it could be 25, it could be 40. Whatever the father decided, that was the age that you would receive your inheritance. Read on with me. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it is with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world, okay? Picture here is of a Roman father who plans on leaving his inheritance to his son, Bernard. So you are the son, and your dad is going to leave you an inheritance, and he gets to, to decide when that inheritance is yours. Let's just pick an age. Let's say it's 25, okay? But until Bernard is 25, he has no rights to the inheritance. Sorry, you're the heir. It's going to be yours. But until you reach 25, you can't spend one penny of your inheritance. Isn't that crazy? 
You cannot spend any money. You can't take control of the property until your 25th birthday. But when the time is right, when's the right time? When there are 25 birthday uh, candles on your cake, got it? When, When there's 25 candles on Bernard's cake, now the time is right. Now you can take control. Now you can start spending the money because now all the rights, all the privileges are now Bernard's. Go back to verse 4. This is huge. That's the whole point. Watch for God's timing. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. Okay? At the perfect and precise time, Uh, When God knew it was perfect, God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus Christ, to earth to be born of a human named Mary. Please understand, God's timing was exact and it was accurate. A couple illustrations. When the right time came. Okay, It could be referring to Bananas, okay? When the bananas are ripe, uh, now their time to be harvested and the time to be eaten is there. Has anybody noticed everything is green bananas these days? Is it just me? Okay, I'm just getting old, but it's like, hey, I don't have time to wait for these bananas to turn. Come on, get them. But that's what it means when the time was ripe. When, when the bananas are ripe, here's another thing it means. Uh, when the woman who is pregnant is experiencing labor pains, okay? The wards are familiar with that, right? Yeah, congratulations, Grandma and Grandpa. Uh, that's fun. But that's when the time is right, when the pregnancy pains and it's time to have the baby. What this doesn't mean, was it a convenient time? especially for Joseph and Mary, but it was the right time, okay? Jesus was born in a Bethlehem barn at just the perfect time. Now, here's the question. What was it about when Jesus was born in a barn in Bethlehem? What was it when Jesus left the glory and splendor of heaven and took on a human body and was born to Mary and Joseph, why was that such a ripe time? What was it about that time that made it the perfect and precise time? Let me give you three, three things that were ripe and perfect. The time was right, first of all, because the Roman Empire at this time was stable. It, it was a relative time of peace. There weren't wars, big wars going on between powerful countries. That made it the right time. And the Romans had built roads over all of the countries they controlled, which was most of the known world. So travel between countries was now possible. That's important because after Jesus came, now the gospel is going to be sent out to the entire world. Uh, Paul and Barnabas and Silas were going to go out and they were going to present the cross and the empty tomb all over the Roman Empire. 
Okay? The time was perfect for that. Second reason the time was right is because before the Romans were the ruling power, who, who was the ruling power just before the Romans? Anybody know? It was Alexander the Great and the Greeks. Okay? And they had conquered all the known world, and where they went, they took their language, which was Greek. Okay? So they took Greek all over the world, which means now there was going to be a language that was known, especially by those who were literate. Um, they knew Greek, and Greek was now a worldwide language. So the gospel message that the maker of all things has taken on human form and now he's lived a sinless life. He took our place on the cross. He shed his blood for our sin problem and he arose from the dead. That message could go worldwide and everybody would understand it because they, most of them, many of them knew the language, Greek. Most of the ancient world was going to be able to receive that good news gospel message now. Third reason the time was ripe, Scott, because spiritually the people were hungry. Okay? Anybody hungry today? Anybody not get a chance to eat? Okay? You're hungry. You're thirsty. Yeah, I saw a few hands there. Um, after 400 years of silence, Malachi, last Old Testament book written, before Jesus came on the scene, it was 400 years. People were hungry for what's next. When's the Messiah coming? They were actively looking for God to speak to them. The people were living in darkness, Isaiah 9-2 says, and they were eager to see the light of the world come to earth. So spiritually, the time was ripe. Here's what you need to know. Our God is never late. He's never early. He's always on time. And the Father's time in sending His Son Jesus to be born as a newborn baby to a young teenager named Mary was perfect. Was perfect. Okay? So, Galatians 4.4, God's timing was perfect and precise right on time. Secondly, God's timing had a redemptive purpose. A redemptive purpose. You see that in verse 5. Read with me. God sent him. Who's the him there? Jesus. God sent Jesus to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his own children. God's purpose was to redeem us, to purchase us out of slavery to the law, and the law reveals our sinfulness. It's another way of saying purchasing us out of slavery to sin. Okay, To purchase us out of the slave market, rescuing, releasing, delivering us by the payment of a price. That's literally what Jesus has done for us. So I have a question, right? What's the number one problem today in America? Okay? Some would say it's a political problem, 
Okay? Others would argue, no, I, I, I think there's a racial divide in our country. Others would say, no, I think it might be environmental. Uh, others would say, no, there's a crime problem in our nation. Uh, some would say it's an immigration issue that needs to be solved. Others of us who've been shopping recently might say it's an inflation problem. Uh, others say, no, it's a health care issue. Some would say the problem at root is an educational problem. Jesus came to planet Earth, took on a human body. Why? Luke 19.10. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Say it with me. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. That's why it's a lostness problem. We're all lost and we don't know how to be found. We don't know how to get to the God the Father and Jesus came to bridge that divide. C.S. Lewis put it this way, the Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. Isn't that good? Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. Jesus saves, rescues, delivers from our greatest problem in life, my greatest problem in life, I'm a sinner deserving judgment. We're all sinners deserving judgment. So, God's timing is perfect, precise in sending Jesus. God's timing is redemptive to purchase us out of slavery to the Old Testament law, which points out our sinfulness and our need for Jesus Christ. Third, God's timing is remarkable. It really is. Uh, look at verse 6 and 7 with me. Look, look how remarkable this is. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you an heir, his heir. Here's what's remarkable. We have the opportunity, we have the privilege to have God the Father as our Abba Daddy. Now just soak in that a little bit, okay? Abba Daddy, God the Father, the first person of the Trinity, we now get to cry out to Him. And He hears us, and He listens to us. Abba is a term of endearment, closeness, and respect. And, and go back with me. What does it say? And now we get to call and cry out, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. No longer a slave. <laughs> no longer a slave. Now you're his child. And it says we now, as sons of King Jesus, receive his Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of Christ. Jesus in spirit form takes up residence in our lives and affirms and seals us and promises we belong to him and, and, and you're there. It's for keeps. Once the Holy Spirit takes up residence, it's for keeps. You belong to him. There's a guarantee and it's awesome. 
So note with me the progression, okay? Slaves to sons, and now you go to the end of verse 6, to heirs. <laughs> now, now we have an inheritance. Isn't that good, Bernard? You're 25 now. Everyone sung happy birthday. It's all yours. That's the result of God's perfect timing. It's amazing. It's remarkable. Balcony, it's awesome. Can you say it with me, Balcony? It's awesome. God's timing is awesome. Okay? Yeah, get a little New Jersey accent in there too. That helps. Okay, since our God is never late, never early, always on time, since our God has purchased us out of slavery to sin, redeemed us, slavery to the law, since he's adopted us into his family to enjoy eternal life with him, since he allows us to call him Daddy, Abba, Father, and sealed us with his Spirit that guarantees our inheritance with him that's awesome. What does that mean for us? First Sunday, February 2023. This is the so what question. Okay, So that's nice. That's good. These facts are, are really good to know. But what does God's perfect timing, what's its effect on us today? First, okay? First, I'd like to challenge you. I'd like to challenge myself. It's time to accept God's perfect timing in our lives. No matter what he's doing, here's the truth, God knows what he's doing, okay? No matter what he's doing, he knows what he's doing. How many of you enjoy waiting, honestly? How many of you like, you can't wait to wait in line? Uh, how many of you love to wait at the doctor's office, Myron, for hours and hours? How many of you enjoy waiting, uh, Jody and Dave, for that vacation to come? No, we're, we're not built, we're not wired, most of us, to wait, okay? Um, those are short-term things. Here's the truth. Some of you are single, and you're waiting and longing for that perfect one to come your way so that you can be married. Some of you who are married now, you're waiting and you can't wait now till you're able to have that child. That's what you're waiting and hoping for. Some of us today, the reality is you're stuck in a job situation and you want out. Some of us today, you're in a tough marriage and it's, it's not looking good. You're losing hope. Some of us today are in the middle of health issues, hard, painful stuff. For those of us who are waiting, feeling impatient, feeling stuck in some way, Here's what I got to say. You ready? Listen close. Our God is never late. Our God, the God of Scripture, Jesus Christ, is never early. He's always on time. Our awesome Abba Daddy knows exactly what He's doing. He knows what He's doing in your life and He knows what He's doing in my life. He's got a perfect plan and a precise purpose. Will you one more time just say, Lord, 
I, I'm impatient and, and I don't like what's going on, but I, I once again yield and surrender my life, my will to you. Will you trust Jesus with your circumstance? Will you trust Jesus with what's going on that, that makes you impatient and antsy? I can't tell you how many times these past two years I've grumbled to myself, really, again? Are you kidding me? Really, Lord? And, and every time I'm grumbling to the Lord, I'm saying, Lord, I, I don't like what's going on. I don't understand it, Lord. I really don't. But you have to come back to it, Lord, but I trust you. I trust you. And I submit my life to you. And if you want to call me home, that's okay. Your timing's perfect there. But if you got more for me, Lord, that's really good too. I don't like what's going on. I don't understand it. But I love and trust you. Second, first, we have to submit to God's timing. Again and again. It, it's not a once. Wouldn't it be great if you could do that and it was done? Okay. It's not the way it works. It's, it's kind of a sky. It's a daily thing. Every day. Lord, here I am and I don't like what's going on today, but I trust you. You have a plan and a purpose. Use me in it. Second, the reason Jesus left heaven, took on a human body. Are you ready? Give me your eyes. <clears throat> He wanted to purchase you out of slavery to sin and the law. Did you know that laws and rules and regulations cannot save? That's the Old Testament. They point to the fact that we're sinners, that we fall short, we need a Savior, but rules and laws and regulations and legalism never saved anybody. Never will. Jesus came and lived and took our place on the cross, shed his blood, arose victoriously from the dead. Why? So that he could adopt us as his children. Think about that. Jesus wants you as his child. <laughs> no longer slaves, no longer a slave to sin and the law, now, sons and daughters, heirs to Jesus in his awesome kingdom. Jesus is offering us today an amazing opportunity. He's saying, you know what? I want to be intimate. All the privileges that come from being my child, I'm offering to you. Won't you today, if you're watching online, if you're here live, won't you today say, Jesus, you know what? How can I say no to this awesome opportunity? I accept you and I invite you in. I want you to be my forever Abba Daddy. I want all the privileges of being an heir, a son, a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's pray. We praise you today, Lord, for your perfect timing. We praise you for the timing that some of us are listening today who are ready right now to say yes to Jesus. Jesus, I, I accept your offer to adopt me. I realize my biggest problem in life 
I'm a sinner, and Jesus, you're the only solution to that problem. Jesus, you shed your blood on the cross for me. The only solution to wash and cleanse and purify. And you're alive right now. You arose from the dead for me. So Jesus, right now, I open the door of my life and I invite you in. Take charge of me. I believe. I receive you as Savior and Lord by faith right now. If you're watching online, you can hit that prayer button. You can tell us you said yes to Jesus today. We'd rejoice with you. If you're here live, you can come see me. I'd love to rejoice with you. You can make your way to the prayer corner. We'd love to celebrate with you as well. That's why Jesus came. That's why the timing was perfect to adopt us, to make us his kids. And for some of you here today, you're in a season of waiting. You're in a season where, really, Lord, again? Will you today trust Jesus with your life, his timing in your life? Will you today say, Jesus, I don't get it, I don't necessarily like it, but I yield and I surrender my life to you. One more time. I trust you. Say that right now. Jesus, I trust you. With whatever situation's on your heart and your mind, Jesus, I trust you. Thank you, Lord, for your perfect timing. Thank you for not being late or early, but we believe with all of our hearts exactly what your book says, you're always on time. Now, Lord, as we uh, transition to celebrate what you've done for us on the cross,